All right, 2020 is upon us, and we're almost a month late to say Happy New Year. I'm David Patino. And I'm Ashton Staniszewski. And we took a break, but we're back. <laughs> we're back. We're back. That was, uh, that was a hot minute. Um, little little holiday recovery time, I guess you want to call that. I like it. I like that we were, we were finishing the last episode, which was the Ash Patino interview, right? It was. That was, it was last a great one. episode. If you haven't listened to it, you should stop your car, and press pause on this one, and then go back. Go back. Yeah. Go back and that listen is, to that fantastic. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good one. But as we hung up, we were like, maybe we'll just take a little break over the holidays. And then... I mean, the episode was so good. I just felt like, That's it. how can you... You're ending a decade on that. <laughs> like, you just got to let it breathe a little bit. So... <laughs> we could have just walked yeah, away from the whole damn thing. <laughs> we could have went out on a high note, you know? <laughs> now, now it's all downhill from here, because... Yeah. I got nothing. How do, you, how do you come? How do you follow that? How do you come back from that? <laughs> and then you disappeared, and then I disappeared, and we didn't talk for like three yeah. weeks. I know it's just went into the went into the hole that is, you know, that creative life. That's what it is. <laughs> you, you get the well. So for me, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Every once in a while, like I'll get a handful of call. Like everything kind of comes all, up all at once. Mm-hmm. Um. And so it was one of those where I was twiddling my thumbs for a little bit. I was like, oh, this is going to be nice. I'll have a pretty chill, chill December. And then all of a sudden it was not chill anymore. That's good. And the the zero chill went all the way into January. I feel and, like, uh, I feel like yeah. January used to be a dead month and now it's not. I mean, thank goodness, right? Like, I, I mean, I can't speak for everybody. And I think that like, obviously... I am very, very thankful for every anyone and everyone that's ever called me, you know, in the Q4, Q1 of a year to say like, hey, let's do some stuff. So, um, you know, but like, yeah, it's it's uh, I feel like it, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of traction there, which feels good. Yeah. And it's like I said, it's a lot of people who I've talked to have been like, yeah, yeah, I'm working. And that never used to be the case five years ago, six mm-hmm. years ago. Everybody was like, no, 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 just waiting around. You know, it's January. The content machine needs some fuel. Yeah. I, I always just like forgot that that happened. And then I would get really nervous and then February would roll around and everything would be okay. But this is good. So thanks Instagram for making everybody work through all 12 months. Hooray. <laughs> the beast. <laughs> Amazing. But 2019 was good. I think you had a good year. We talked about it briefly at the end of, uh, you know, when we talked about planning for 2020 or not planning for mm-hmm, 2020, mm-hmm. as we talked about. Um, yeah. Congrats on uh, on making it through unscathed. <laughs> I know, right? Through this by the skin. Of, well, not by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> I mean, I had some really great clients come out of the woodwork and did some fun stuff and hung out with some cool people. And uh, yeah, it's um, always thankful. Um, and, you know, just trying to trying to follow and take your lead david patino that's it's a slippery slope yeah, <laughs> right you before be you know it i'll be deep in knee deep in leicas in phase one ah <laughs> so rude <laughs> <laughs> let's let's start there though what so if you had to narrow it down to one one purchase of 2019 what was your best photo purchase of the year gosh best photo purchase of the year yep. um I hate to be this guy because uh, you know it's never about it's never about the kit. But um, I I bought that uh, I bought that GFX fifty. Um, That's a big jump. And 
I I like it. I like it a whole lot. And I don't mean, obviously, it's not like it's some secret and it makes it, you know, makes your work better. It doesn't make you a better photographer. Um, but there is, it buys you options, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's fun to that. Um, and I got, you know, I, I got it at a point where I had a handful of, of gigs and, and things to shoot with it. So like, you know, you know, when you, you get something and you don't immediately put it to work and it's like, you have that like couple of days, hours, weeks, whatever it is, right. that where you're like, uh, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Like I literally picked it up. Um, and the next like within eight hours, I was using it for a job. See, that's cool. So that felt that, that felt nice. It felt nice to like you know put the thing to work immediately. So it's like I felt not so guilty about you know splurging for it. Yeah. Um, that being said, like I, I bought it. Like I'm a big proponent of buying things used. I bought it used. Uh, it was previously loved um, by somebody, another photographer, and I'm sure they went on to buy probably buy Leicas or Phase Ones. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a great it's a great little tool, and um, I'd have to say that that was probably my most fun or or useful thing. That's a good purchase. What what did you? Um, we never talked about this. What did you end up with lens wise? What did you go with? Um, so I was so I'm a big I'm I'm really big on fifty and eighty five. Those are kind of my focal lengths. Mm-hmm. I really I really like those those uh, what they look like the field of view. So I ended up doing the uh, 110 f2, which is like their their portrait style lens. Mm-hmm. It's like their 85 field of view ish, cool. um, and it's fantastic. It's very very sharp. Um, it's uh, a very large piece of glass. Um, it's very heavy. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but it's good. I, I I feel like I I don't know. I'm I'm really big on that. I like the little bit of the compression that you get, but it's not. It's still workable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's just a wonderfully sharp lens. I, I am very much interested or intrigued by the um, mounting options because it's mirrorless. You know, you can throw like some adapted stuff on it. Yeah. Um, so I probably need to reach out to our our, our buds over in, out west, uh, Dan Ryan. Yeah. Um, he's all adapted. The, he's all adapted. And, you know, like I think, I mean, I asked him a couple questions leading up to, I mean, for me, the purchase, the purchase, uh, what do you call it? funnel is kind of a long one right um like i don't know i I spend like i start like researching something i start i read about a lot of things because it's kind of what the nature of what we do we're all kind of gearheads at heart if you do this for a living um so you read about it and you know that's cool that's really interesting i don't need that right now but and then like if i find myself reading about it more than once in like a you know a 12 hour period then I know something's up, and then if I start researching it, and then four days in, I'm asking people questions right. or I'm looking up specific things, then it's basically going to happen. It's the shoe in. It's like, all right, well, now you're just you're buying time. Um, so yeah, I, I'm interested to see what that's all about. Um, I think, quite quite honestly, I think one of the reasons I I went with that system um, versus like you know selling a kidney and going for the 100 or um, I mean, cause I even ran stuff by you. I was thinking about trying to pick up a used used, like a d- old phase yeah. or something like that, like a, like a 140 or a 160. So it's like, you know, eight year old camera. Sure. Um, <laughs> but like it was, it was mostly because I wasn't looking for megapixels. You know, I wasn't like, Oh, let me just go jump on the Sony bandwagon. But it was more like a, I wanted something different, just something different to work with something that would make it more interesting. Yeah. Um, and I thought that that gave me the best or the most options for the price. Oh, totally, totally. Because oh, and and yeah. and you bought it on the used side, which is awesome. Right, so you got a super so good some, deal on some, it. Someone else got a uh, took the hit for me. Thank See? you. Appreciate that. That way you can afford more are. lenses. 
That's, well, yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. There is something um, to be said, though, for only having one lens in your kit, correct? Absolutely. No, no, no. It I mean, I, I tell really everybody, you know. Well, I mean, it, and it also, like, I always feel weird when, if you buy, like, if you buy into a new system or you buy into a system, period, right, and you have, like, multiple pieces of glass, mm-hmm. I, I then think it becomes almost paralysis by, what's the word, what's the metaphor I'm thinking? Analysis. Or the saying? It's, Mm-hmm, that kind of thing like you yeah. you think oh man i need to have the, the wide oh well, but i like the tight i like the compression i want that lens and if you just have one lens you don't have any options you just gotta have to go figure it out um so i balance the the gfx um with the xt kit that i carry um which is fantastic i love the that camera the little baby sensors but between the two of those, I got all my focal lengths covered, and I have all I have something for quick frames and fast focus, and I have something that's slower and more what I think is a little bit more beautiful and hmm. better fall off and skin tone and et cetera, et cetera, magic bullet points. What is the um? Stuff. You have the what? The XT one hundred? No, three. XT three. Yeah, Sorry. Mm-hmm. What? What? Yeah, it's a great camera. Wh- how's the? What's the side by side like on the XT three compared to the GFX? Drastically different in terms of like color and stuff. Obviously sensor oh, um, no it's actually really it's really really close i mean the color science they i mean obviously they have that whole fuji look yeah um i do think that the gfx files have a little bit more latitude um and it responds a little bit better at the same like base iso for certain things um so yeah i mean it's it's pretty similar like i mean i ran it i ran it on a running uh running gun gig and both cameras came out with really great stuff and they like they they both played in nicely into Lightroom slash or, or even Capture One. I've worked with them both. Oh cool. And the colors are very, very similar. I mean, like my post process workflow is pretty pretty straightforward. Um, I don't have a lot of like I don't use a lot of, you know, biscoey things or right. um Mastin type stuff anymore. So like everything else looked I mean, it looked really, really nice. Um so yeah, I mean, if you're in that camp and you were looking to kind of, you know, what's the next thing and you don't want to go with a Sony body or a Canon thing, like highly recommend jumping into the the used GFX market. The You can get them for not a lot of money. I think it's probably one of the best bangs for your buck if you're looking to get a larger sensor um, or you want something a little bit different and um, you're not interested in going you know, the Canon slash Sony, the Canon icon Sony route. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, not to take anything away from them. They're obviously all great and they're all wonderful. But yeah, there's there's something to it. So right on. I man. like it. I like it a lot. There you go. That and the other, oh, I'll just throw this out there. The other nice thing that I got last year um, was my crazy fantastic camera strap for, from you. You, gave, you got me a camera strap. Ooh. And that thing is... It's bitching. It's right? real, real nice. It's I feel yeah. secure when I use it. It's the first. First of all, I don't use straps on any camera that I own. I literally don't use them. And then I started doing a bunch of like lifestyle stuff last year where it was like all on location. And I realized that I had to let go of the camera. I couldn't hold it the whole time. And I ended up with that strap. And I thought everybody needs one of these. But I just bought one for you. You should get an affiliate <laughs> link because those things, because you know, those, I mean, they're legit. So like, um, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I well, I, I like a camera strap, but I like really, really short ones. I like to keep them close to my body. Yeah. Like I'm not big on like long drapey, you know, yeah, yeah, touristy yeah. style or like even like pattern things. I don't, never been that kind of guy. Um, yep. 
like I usually use like I have like a Domkey strap, like a yeah. you know the Domkey brand, yeah. And it's like super small, close to your body type stuff. Um, just because it's only it's only like if you're if I'm not shooting, it's literally just to move like from one spot to the next. So it's got a it's always very close. Totally. Um, but this thing is legit. Like yeah. it, I I've never thought of myself as like a harness strap carrying dude. Like, but it's fantastic. It's like super adjustable. I've got it all decked out, so it's like you know quick sling that really? kind of thing it's it's really really nice it, it was a that was fantastic my, my eyes lit up when i opened up that box um, <laughs> we're, we're talking about the, the the hold fast strap by the way we're talking about the hold fast money maker which is it's more than just a strap it's a like a crafted piece of leather yeah, it's fantastic it's super like, cool really great construction yeah, yeah. um and not and sponsored obviously, obviously not shilling for them <laughs> yeah it was like <laughs> You know, if, we, if, they, if they want a sponsor... Uh, in a so heartbeat. Would, yeah, by all means, I will totally, totally yeah. be that guy. I'll be a heel for them. Yeah. Um, it took one piece of yeah. old fast gear, and I was like, I get it. This is why everybody yeah. says they're so amazing. And that thing will last mm-hmm. forever, probably. We'll see, and I'm the guy that's like, ah, I just can't. I can't well, do it. I can't do it. It definitely will last forever for you. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now. <laughs> See how it is. It's all good. What about you, David Patino? What was your uh, What was your 2019 acquisition of the year? Um, I think my my the one thing that now that I have it, I can't live without is the. I finally bought myself a proper tripod at the end of the year. In the final moments of 2019, I found a Gitzo Series Five on sale, slightly used, but still with all the box and paperwork and all that crap that i immediately threw out when i got it but um yeah so it wasn't it wasn't get so price it was uh baby get so price and man i just i don't know i took it out of the box and i set it down on the floor and it just made me go like oh my god you've been like dangling your camera on a dangerous set of metal legs for the last 15 years and you shouldn't put anything <laughs> on those anymore i don't know it just it made me go like oh yeah this is why they cost this much money and this is why they work so well and this is whatever it's just a stunning little piece of carbon fiber and and it fits in a luggage bag too that's the cool thing it like folds folds down to like 24 inches or something like that that's really nice yeah so you can get it portability is always a tough one with tripods like yeah they're always like you know like just big enough where you don't know where to what to do with it yeah you know, like, yeah, I don't want to, because then the other thing is like lugging it around. Like you got to get it on a plane or like even just chucking it in the car or something. Like some of these things are behemoths and they just weigh a ton. And this thing is just a nice, tidy little package. And so far, so No, great. tripods are like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, I, I was having this conversation um, with somebody on, on set like a couple weeks ago, but they're talking about like, you know, what's the best thing that you could buy for a camera kit? And, you know, I know we've answered this question for like, you know, I think it was like cheapest thing under 50 bucks. But yeah. like if you're really thinking like for me, at least the best thing that you can like if you gave me a, a big bucket of money mm-hmm. and I, I was like, OK, do you want to buy a brand new camera with some lenses or what? What would you do? And I would say I would probably buy like grip materials. Yeah. Like I'd buy a nice pair of sticks. I'd buy I'd buy a, a couple C stands like those types of things like some mafer clamps, you know, like some super clamps, the unfun stuff, super unfun. When you think about it, like you go, why am I buying this? This sucks. But then like when you're on, when you're doing the work, when you're like in the heat of it, like a C stand is money. It's literally just fantastic. Like it is, it'll, 
it just opens up so many opportunities. And I feel the same way about like, like tripods. Like I've never been the kind of guy to be like, oh, I need a nice pair. I need a nice tripod. Like I, I put my gear on, like I gamble with it on terrible, <laughs> terrible, cheap, like Best Buy special. No offense to Best Buy. You know, like what would you get? Like the cheapest thing to get you out the door type of situation. It's just tripod. It only needs to stabilize. It's fine. Right. <laughs> and then I recently, like last last year, I, I picked up a, a used Getzo. Um, and like, oh, that's why. Made that's all the nice. difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It, it is kind of wild. It's a good pickup. Yeah, it was definitely. Here's the other thing. Like I don't use a, I don't use a tripod for all any of my portrait work. I don't ever use a tripod i hate the idea of being locked down but for all the products if i do it's constantly on trip i don't ever hold a camera um mm-hmm. and i'm starting to do a bunch of stuff where i have to travel and i can't be in the studio so i don't have the camera stand and all that junk so i needed something that was like big and sturdy and could take a beating and get me around in a bunch of different places and so far so good hopefully i don't break it that's the one thing people don't realize like and this is like i think i didn't really get it as much until I picked up the GFX. Um, but when you're working with those larger sensors, those larger negative spaces, right? Like yeah. if you're going to do any kind of product where you're stacking focus in any kind of way, like yep. you need just a little bit more because I mean, it's so shallow to begin with. Even if you shoot like I'm shooting stuff at like F8, yeah. F10 and it's still like, still shallow. oh man, like mm-hmm, it's still shallow. And so like I've been focus stacking a lot of things, but I used to try, like, when I had, like, a when I just shot, like, Canon or when I shot, like, literally the smaller Fujis, mm-hmm. you can fire off two frames real quick and you can get it. Yeah, sure. that's fine. Close you enough. figure it out. You just put them together and you kind of nudge them and, you know, Photoshop's smart enough to do it-ish. Um, yeah, not with but, this, like, it's that, it's that it's that little, I'm using, my, like, you can't see me now, but I'm using, like, the, the my, a pinch gesture. Like, it's that much <laughs> effort that, like, sucks up all of your time. Yeah. And so when you put the camera down, you just lock it down. It doesn't do anything. You just go, oh. Fire one, rack focus. Fire yeah. two, great, all done. Yeah, didn't have to think too hard about that. I like. I think the best gear that I usually, I think I do this every year. I was like, what was the best thing you bought this year? It's usually like not the most expensive thing, and it's usually like the most utilitarian thing, right? Because it just ta- it just makes my life easier. And anytime I can make life easier in dealing with electronics and cameras, um, I welcome it heartily. So, tripod. That's it. So yeah, everyone um, that's shopping for camera stuff, you should put a good tripod and some Mafer clamps on your list because those are those are fantastic. So much more important than the camera. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Um, you know what else is more important than a camera? Sometimes is <laughs> I'm a, intrigued. My interest <laughs> has been like, peaked. Go on. Yes, guys. <laughs> is a good assistant. Agreed. Yeah, maybe. Are you? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I feel like yes. I, on on the whole, so yeah, I, I agree with that. On the whole, it's about the team effort. You know, like you can't do it all by yourself, and it's foolish to think that you can. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm down with that. I've gone through a fair share of assistance here and there over the years, and I've I've grown to just realize that I I don't work well with assistance. I'm just not. I'm very bad at delegating. Right. And so it's hard for me to be like, hey, let me call you over from 15 feet away to change a setting that I know I can change really quickly. Right. And you're busy on your cell phone, not even paying attention to the shoot. So 
now I'm just annoyed anyway. And, and all those other stupid cliche bullshit things that people say about assistance, but there's some scar um, tissue there. I can tell there is, and it's all self-induced. It's all, I'm like a cutter. I just cut myself the whole time with assistance. All right. So all that to be said that, um, if you get out of your own way and learn how to be uh, a good photographer and make use of a good assistant, it can be a lifesaver. Correct. You, you always speak to the idea of teamwork and villages and all of this stuff. You, you like to have a lot of people on set with you. Is that correct? I, I like to have the right number of people on set with me. I don't think that there's like a, <laughs> I mean, I think that I, I have certainly, I've certainly seen what can happen when you have a lot of chiefs in uh, one, one little area and, or a lot of cooks in the kitchen to try to find the right metaphor for that. Um, so, you know, I think that there's a, there's, there's a make or break number and it's very, sometimes it's a very fine line between yeah. what that is. But yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I like the element of a team um, and that's probably the throwback to my agency days where, you know, I was part of a, a team. And I think, I think for that, like the magic in, in that team that I worked for slash with, you know, is that everybody had uh, a specialty or a mm-hmm. swim lane and, you know, there was a way that we all went about understanding our place when we were not in the driver's seat. Right. Right. And I think that it takes a lot of humility to know that like I could do this, I could do it my way, but this is not my show. So I have to be a, you know, a good soldier and, and do, do as I'm asked. And, and I think that's kind of how, and like, that's how that team was successful. There was like no hurt feelings in the idea that like today you are a small cog in the big machine right. and you know, next one might be your shoot to do the thing like where you're going to lead the lead the yeah. charge. And so I like to think of that now as I, as I do my work independently um, in which I've, you know, been able to partner with some really, really talented creatives and do some really fun work. Um, I like the team mentality. I like the idea of having that kind of, you know, there's a, I like the idea of democratizing some of the creative experience um, or the creative workflow at the same time though, like, I still fall very much under that, under the whole umbrella of like, if this is the production that I'm leading, it's, you know, my project, then, you know, ultimately the thing should fall to me, right? Like sometimes I want to powwow and I want to share some Mm -hmm. ideas and sometimes I don't, I just want it to be, you know, move that light. Can we adjust that two stops? Like that kind of thing. And so I think, I don't know, yes, I love the element of teamwork and a team and having assistance. And I do think that there's a learning curve to working with, with, with a team or having an assistant. And I think it goes both ways, right? Like, because, you know, I don't think it can all be, you know, this is my set, do as I say, not your place to say anything. Because no one likes to work for that kind of person. No one likes to work under those kind of premise, that that kind of circumstance uh, or those conditions. But at the same time, like, I think that there's a certain element of like, you know, as an assist, you're there to assist, right? You're not there to make the call. Um, And so it's a very fine line. And I think that it takes a little bit of that, you know, give and take, ebb and flow, whatever you want to put to it on both sides of the table to get a really harmonious Mm -hmm. workflow going. And I think it happens with a lot of people with time. Like if you work with the same people over and over and over again, you tend to find what that ebb and flow is. Um, you know, it's like when you work with your your stylist, you know exactly, like they know what you're thinking because you've worked with them long enough to know that like, okay, David wants to try to do it this way yeah. from past experience. 
and you know there's that element of it totally um i think as photographers you know like we all hear horror stories of like you know other photographers or other directors on there that out there that have like that make working on their sets kind of difficult or challenging the assholes and so i think it's i think yeah yeah for lack of a better term so i think it's one of those where like you know you you know you have to you kind of have to humble yourself a little bit um as the if you're the guy or the girl in the in the main chair if you're leading the Mm -hmm. charge like you know, obviously those people are there because they want to help make your vision real, but at the same time they're giving you their time. So like, it's a kind of a give and take on that, right? Like del- a delicate right. balance. I feel like I'm going in circles. Maybe I'm not, no. I don't know, but like it's, it's one of those and I'm not perfect at it. I certainly have to work on it, but yeah, I, I, I like a team. I like an effort. Yeah. Did you, did you assist a lot growing up into the business? No, see that's a, well, and that's the thing. So like I came up, like my first my first photography job like you know got paid to do yeah. stuff um was for a guy in my in my hometown i was in high school and i used to um he was a, a commercial well he was a wedding wedding photographer and he did some like commercial real estate on the side um and so like i used to like make print albums like he would you know get all of his images all of his film developed and then I would put it into like an album for the couple to look through and they would select their prints gotcha. from there and et cetera, et cetera. So I did like, I did a lot of like, you know, boring work like that. I did like eight millimeter film transfers to VHS <laughs> or DVD or whatever, like that kind of stuff. Um, you know, not super sexy, but that, that was his business and he made a killing yeah. doing it. He was, he was very successful at it. Um, so not like that kind of assisting. I mean, I carried a film bag every once in a while or moved a yeah. light stand, but um, nothing too crazy. It wasn't until. It wasn't until I worked, uh, I had, you know, I worked for that agency where, you know, I was, I was, I had my specialty, right? Like I was the stills guy. I was the only guy that did still photography, but I, I I flowed into a larger video team where we had, you know, editors and producers and shooters. And so when we would come together to do a video project, like I would be like, oh, he's going to be assisting today. He's not, I'm not directing. I'm not manning the camera. Like, like I'm, I'm a grip or, you know, I'm PA or whatever. And so, you know, like for 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 some of our clients you know we would shoot for like let's say a week and so monday tuesday wednesday would be video shoot we're going to shoot all the video components thursday friday or thursday whatever one of the two days or one of those days that's ashton's day he's going to be stills gotcha and so it would be one of these situations where like for those first three days on video i would basically fall back to be a little cog you need me to move that light stand great you want me to grab that bag of lights awesome you want me to set up a pair of sticks? I'm there. Um, and then it almost like, you know, on the neck, on the, on the stills day, like my superiors, magic air quotes and my bosses, they would become my assistants. So it's like, there was a very like democratic thing to it, right? Like I was telling my senior, like a guy that had been there for, um, you know, 10 years plus like, Hey, do you mind adjusting my light for me? And like, it takes, I think it takes a very low ego, amount you know in that in that team dynamic to be like this kid's gonna tell me what to do and i'm gonna be like yeah sure why why not so like i I like to try to embrace some of that today like now like as i move forward with my work um under the idea that like if i like if i was to assist a david patino production like 
am I a competent photographer? Yeah, I think so. I know my stuff. I know I know my way right. around. But like, not my dog. Not, not on my that. Yard, tr- right? Not on like, that day. Right. It's it's your show. Like, okay, what you need yeah. done? You know, you need me to go grab some some stingers. You need me to move a light. You need me to adjust the two stops. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think that's there, there's a lot of um, you hear a lot of stories about ego driven photographers and directors who get a lot of kick out of, you know, bossing people around. It's fun to be in charge kind of thing. And they're assholes. Like we said, that's, that's the bottom line. There's, there's nothing good that's going to come out of that. You know, if you're just get there to, to rip people and, you know, yell and scream and there's nothing good that's ever going to come of that. You know I mean? That's just, that's just a poor use of everybody's time, I think. And, and, and kind of going back to what I had started on is that like, I find that most of the bad assistants happen because they're with bad photographers, guys that don't know how to use them and don't know how to staff them either. You know I mean? Like you, you can't hire someone that's, you know, really great with cameras and lenses and sucks at a computer and turn them into your DIT for the day. Right. That just doesn't, just doesn't work, you know, and, and you're just setting yourself up for failure there. And I, I had a, a, a woman that I worked with when I first got in and granted I was full time. I mean, I was there at least 40 hours a week, if not more. But but my main job was to make sure that her bags were packed with the appropriate stuff and that the batteries were charged and that when we got on set, on site rather, um, that when we got on site, that all the shit was there, like every little piece that she could possibly need. And so it wasn't my job to, you know, we were shooting weddings and bar mitzvahs. The second part of my job was to shoot alongside of her, right? And so, so, um, I was a pack mule though, you know, it was load the van out, bring it into the venue, unbox everything, set it up here and there. And when I set it all up and she looked at it and went, no, 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 I want the lights in the other corner of the room. There was no hard feelings. There was no like, oh God, I just set it all up. Like it's not my fucking gig. Like if she wants the lights there, that's where they're going to go. And, and there was no weird tension about it. I just kind of knew that like, that's my job. And no, I might not like carrying a bunch of shit through the snow, but that's what I'm doing today. So, you know, and on top of that, what you, from, from the assistant standpoint, I'm, I'm kind of going in that direction. Like from the assistant standpoint, you know, I kind of realized like I'm also getting the opportunity here to touch more gear than I will probably ever own in my life. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff here and, and I'm learning a lot. And you, the only way to learn it is to get your hands all over it. Right. And so whether that means like cleaning it and changing the batteries or actually shooting it, it's all good. You know, there's, there's not a bad touch you know, in that, in that instance. It's like, it's, it's, it, I, I get that. And I feel that because like, I, I don't know, it's the whole, how many photographers does it take to change a light mm-hmm. bulb? It's like one and then 90 to say that they could have done it better. It, you know, I think inherently there's always this like negativity of like, Oh, I could shoot this. Like, no, like, yeah, I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could. I'm not going to take that away from you. But like today you're on my set. So like, Let's let's kind of just you know let's get this job done. If I need something done, just kind of hook me up. Just do me a solid. Right. Um, <laughs> I think for the photographer's angle of it, right? Like you also got to like if you're the person in that chair that's like leading the charge, you're you know whatever you're you're shooter one. Like you know your assistant doesn't like a day rates for assistants. I don't. I mean they're they're not stellar. Right. <laughs> you're asking a lot of that person for not a terrible amount of money. Um, so like, you know, obviously temper your asks with a little bit of kindness. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's it's all level setting, right? It's like 
when you come into an you you know you come into the equation there's that first meeting of like all right let's let's just set the tone here here's how it's gonna here's how like i like to work here are a couple things and i feel like if you can kind of set that stage properly it, it makes for a much better experience on both sides of the yeah. table um just because everyone knows what the expectation is or at least what to what the understanding mm-hmm. is um you know i, I don't know i think you know, if, if and it, it goes, if you're the assistant, try to understand that, like, when it's your gig, you know, like, if you're, when you're in the driver's seat, like, you don't want to have an instance where you're undermined. Because if you have a vision, you're trying to execute on that, you want it, you just like, okay, I know what I need to get done, or I know what I need to have it done properly, or how I want it. And I need extra help to get it there. It's like, I need the hands, like, can you just yeah. do that? Or, you know, um, and I mean, sometimes it is a collaborative effort. I mean, I feel like sometimes like, hey, what are your thoughts on this? But like, you got to let, you have to open the door or that door has to be open for yeah. you, right? Like if you're the assistant, the door has to be opened for you. Like, oh yes, let me like, come on in. And if you're the photographer, you have to like say, okay, I would love your help with this right. one. There's a, there's a know your role aspect that goes along with this. And I think, you know, a lot of people want to be, Everybody, I would say, wants to be smart. They want to be appreciated and they want to have ideas and they want to share those ideas. And unfortunately, um, on set, there's not always room for everybody's opinion. And more times than not, the more opinions fly out, the quicker the entire show devolves. And so, um, you know, the hard part is uh, when you got someone whose job it is to make sure all the gear gets out of the van and then they're there telling you how great the light would be if it came from the other side it's just a bad scenario. It's not, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's not up to them and it's not up to them to, uh, you know, poke their head in and, and chat with the client. And, you know, there's a a buddy of mine, uh, Neil Vandy Kirk. Some of you may know him. Some of you may not look him up online though. Um, he runs a blog called the tangents photography blog. And, um, he has a he has like a thing where he's when he's looking for assistance and he posts online, he's got this massive list of rules that he posts right up front. And it is snarky and sarcastic and funny, but it's all true too. And so his, you know, and he changes them out per job. But, you know, it's things like don't jiggle your leg and don't be on your cell phone and you know, don't chew gum and it's all funny stuff, but it's all really useful true stuff too. Like, sorry, if I've hired you to be very attentive and wait for me to ask for something. And you're over there dicking around on your phone, you know, tagging Instagram posts, then you're not doing your job. You know, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't go sit at your desk job and be on your phone all day long. Right. Like it just doesn't work that way. And I think part of the problem is that on set, there is usually a massive amount of downtime. You know, a lot of the time you go in, you set up and once everything's set, it doesn't move for maybe six hours. And so there's not a lot of work to be done. And yes, that's, really boring to sit there for six hours and just you know wait to kind of do your next part of your job which is pack everything up and put it back in the truck but the fact of the matter is that you know and i'm talking about people who are like up and coming in the industry as assistants not you know like i I assist my buddies all the time and they boss me around and you know they tell me what to do but the other thing is like i know what to do but i know what to do the way i do it right so i don't ever want to assume like oh if i were going to put this up i would do it this way like how do you want it right I think that's really important is that as the assistant, even though you might have a, an idea in your head or how you think it should look or whatever, it's, it's not your show, like you were saying. And so 
you need to have that ask of like, hey, just to, you know, just checking. Like, you want this up over here? You want this, this, whatever? And then, you know. I mean, I, I don't know. I always think like, so I've done, I've assisted some, um, I've assisted a little bit last year. You know, I've had a couple pickup assist jobs where, you know, a guy that I, I, help, I helped out, he's a very, very, very talented automotive photographer. Um, like fantastic work. Like it's, it's jaw dropping stuff. And, you know, like, he's like, Hey, you know, come help me with that. Would you be available to help me with this stuff? And it's like, absolutely. I'm, I'm on for the ride. Um, but in those situations, it's like, you know, I very much know that like, I have a place, like, do I know how to light a car? Yeah, I have an idea. I've done it before, you know? Um, I think it's one of those where I was like, no, this is not my gig. Like, and you have, like, when, if the client approaches you, oh, I got a default to my guy because it's his, it's his show to run. So, like, stand yeah. by. Um, and I, and I, I mean, I don't know. You have to, you have to hit it with a little bit of humility, knowing that, like, I mean, this, again, it, to your point, not your show. Um, and I think that that is what makes it, keeps it, keeps it moving in a, a good direction. It allows you to do more of it. Um, and I think it just makes it more fun. If you're not like, if you're, I, I don't know, I think the, the, the rates that I got paid to assist were pretty proportional to the level of thinking that I had to do, right? right? <laughs> like, you know, like, unless like you're, unless you're asked to, and then I feel like then it's a different story, but like, that's, that's the job, sure. you know? And I think to that point, like, I'm totally cool, you know, taking what I would say, I mean, it's a pretty fair number, but like it's not like massive amounts of money here. And it's like, okay, well, because I don't have to think about it. I'm not the one that has to be in the center chair, talking to the client, navigating the relationship, understanding what the content brief says, working through whatever, you know, challenging situation we have on on that set for lighting, you know, and I think that's okay. It's, that's fair yeah. to me, you know? I hate when I see guys that have stacked themselves with, with more assistance than they know what to do with having run that studio for years and, and watching people rent the place. And, and sometimes you'd have, you know, these guys show up and they have like three or four assistants and really all they're doing is kind of glorified headshots for the day. And you're like, what the hell? Like maybe there's just that much money in the budget. And, you know, every once in a while you get a client where they're like, we want you to have two assistants. And you're like, uh, okay, I only need one, but I guess we're paying someone to like hang out, you know? I'd rather talk about the fact that like I've seen so many gross misuses of assistance, you know, um, where you had someone that was very capable and ended up just kind of sitting on their hands all damn day long. And like, man, that's no good for anybody. I, I don't think, you know, I, I, part of staffing a job is, you know, making sure that you have the right talent and the right people and that you're not overdoing it, you know, because that's wasted budget as far as I'm concerned. And that's mm -hmm. just as bad mm -hmm. as hiring the wrong person you know just pissing money away for the sake of it um there's a lot of jobs i see where you just got you know loads of people just sitting around just kind of waiting that's drives me nuts <laughs> yeah agreed i mean i i like i've witnessed large large production and you know you have a handful of grips and a bunch of pas and a bunch of assists and you know not to not to not to speak negatively to those types of setups, because I think that, you know, when, when things get crazy and things get, you know, like people are needed, they're there. Um, and I think that's directly proportional to the level of work or the ask that the, the creative brief is asking for. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, you and I, we, we kind of are on the same vein of like, you know, a little bit scrappier and we like to be the doers and, you know, they're not as, it doesn't, doesn't have to be as complex if we don't make it that way. Right. You know, right. 
It's like, could you have an assist and a DIT and, you know, another lighting person? Like, yeah, sure you could, but like, I, I feel like my ego isn't quite there. Yet. <laughs> like, I don't mind moving my own lights. I will, I will certainly pick up my own gear bags. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not afraid of that. Um, I don't know. Whenever I look to having like a help or assistance, I always think to like, like, I need, I need that part of it. I need like every once in a while, I only have two hands and maybe I just need four. Right. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes I, and then sometimes I do need someone I can bounce an idea off. Like, Hey, what do you think about this? Um, so I think it's a collaborative thing, but also at the end of the day, knowing that like, there's a vision that I'm articulating that I have to figure out and, you know, making sure I do my best effort to like communicate that outwardly, right? right? Like this is the job today. Yeah. I think it's funny because I, I, maybe it's just the older I get or the smarter I get or whatever, but I've learned how to kind of move through situations and, and use, use uh, people around me and, and, you know, assistance in particular for, for doing things. And, And what I've found is that it's, it's not that I don't want to lift a C stand, right? It's not that. It's just my time is better spent talking to the client than dealing with the movement of an object, right? And I think that that's that took me forever to learn that. You know, it wasn't just that like, oh, I don't want to be bothered with doing that. It's that I can my time can be better spent doing something else. We talked about this with Anthony when he was on. He had the whole thing with the editor where he was like, I edit great. Or, or he lit, that was it. He lit something great, right? He was like, I got this, you know? And then he hired a gaffer to come in and the guy used all of his own gear and blew him out of the water with it. And he was like, oh, you're you're better at handling this. And this also freed up my time so I could go do, you know, go find the next job mm-hmm. or whatever it was. And so that's, you know, I, I think of it that way a lot. I was actually on a shoot like two weeks ago and we got all done and it just so happened that the marketing director or whoever it was, was a, an avid photographer and wanted to shoot the shit with me about cameras and stuff. And we sat for 20 minutes after the shoot was wrapped and just chatted about Leicas and because she had one, by the way. Um, and, and, and we chatted and we had a great time and we talked about old studios in New York and this and that. And, and all the while the set was being broken down and, I'm more than happy to go and fold C-stands. But what I just did in those 15 minutes was secured a relationship with a new client, right? That was someone I had never met before. And and I just secured a relationship with them because I took the time to sit down. And I wasn't worried about like, oh man, we got to get out of here. It's 4.30. I'm going to hit rush hour traffic on the way. Like I didn't have to deal with all of that shit. I could just focus on what was right in front of me and you know, the rest was taken care of. And that that to me was like, that's the story of like that's what you that's why you use assistance and that's why you're nice to them no, that's too. A, <laughs> that's a good yeah no I mean cuz that's that's a good point. I think that like you know if you're if you're the person taking charge or it's your production you're leading that creatively like I think it goes both way. There's there's two kind of there's two two buckets, right? There's bucket 1 like you need extra hands, you need the muscle to get something done. Yeah. So like I you know I did a shoot with a, an Olympic gold medalist a couple of years ago. And, you know, the timetable that I had with the talent was very, very small. And so it was like, okay, you know, I needed to say, hey, guys, could we move in two V, like two huge, you know, V flats? I'm going to need a big six by six set up, that kind of thing. Like you, like everyone's kind of working on a different thing. You kind of divide and conquer for the sake of the shot. There's that, there's the, that bucket, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's the move the light stand, adjust the light, please. 
And then to your point, that's the second, the second bucket being like, there are other things creatively, like that you have to kind of use your mental elasticity or capacity for, Mm -hmm. and you're best served going in that direction while allowing people, your team, your, you know, your, your group of folks that you trust to say, they know what's going to happen next. They need to go, they'll be moving on that. Um, I think it's, I think, you know, for the photographer, for the person that leads the charge, you know, you have to kind of, this is a good reminder for all of us. It's like, you have to trust those people that you bring onto your set, right. Mm -hmm. To do what you know they're capable of, right. Like they, like if, if you assist, there's, there's probably a general knowledge you have about photography and, or what we're doing here. So like, if I say, Hey, can you just take that down and break, can you strike that set? I know, you know what that means. I know what that means. You can do that. Or if it's like, Hey, I need this down two stops, you right. know, you can go off and do something else. You can go, you can go speak with your client, your creative director, your art director, and know that they're going to be tackling that obstacle. So when you come back, you're ready to hit, hit it again. Totally. And that's gold. But I mean, it's, 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 it's trusting those people to be like, you know, giving them the, the respecting them as the creatives that they are and that they're there to help you bring your vision to life. Right. That's why I love. I still, to this day, everybody's like, Hey, do you, can you recommend somebody to help me? I'm like, yeah, I'm available. Let me come help you. Like, let me, let me me do your, let me do your grunt work. First of all, I'm really good at it because, (laughs) you know, because I've done this a while. But number two is I just want to see how you work too. Like I love watching other people roll through a shoot and, you know, I love watching them come up with ideas and fail at other ones. And, you know, especially when it's like the type of shoot that I wouldn't normally do. Like, I love that, man. Like just, I I love same thing. Like I love watching people work in Photoshop, you know, like, oh my God, you use that for that. Like it just, that's a great idea. Never thought of that. Yeah. I love that kind of, you know, stuff. I love seeing. So every chance I can get, I still you know, if I've got some free time or whatever and, and buddy of mine's got a shoot or something, like I love to jump on it and just kind of, you know, try to help out and, and maybe I can learn something. Cause like, I don't, I don't give a shit if Agreed. you're, you know, day one in the industry or year 10, like there's still so much to, you know, to find out and learn. Yeah. So it's, it's a, I think it's a good thing overall, you know, it's definitely a throwback to the idea that you don't, but we don't like, if you, if you, if you think you know everything, you're done in this industry, right. right? Like you have to kind of hit it with the idea that you're always learning, always striving to be better. And I think, I mean, that's to, exactly to your point. That's why I still, I still take on assist gigs because it's like, yeah, if I don't have anything planned, if I have nothing going on, like, of course I'd love to see how somebody else works, make a couple bucks for right. it and turn my brain off. Like it's the best. It's like, I get to see all the, I get to see the, how the sausage is made, right. but I don't have to actually make any of it. Like, okay, <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I, I used to, I used to enjoy very much second shooting weddings. Like when I was oh, like a wedding shooter, because it's like, you get, you get to be there. You get to, you know, try new stuff and, you know, see how someone else works and see their process and see how like, Oh, that's a great, I never thought about doing that type of setup or that kind of, you know, client, you know, relationship building thing. Um, but then you have none of the pressure. Like you don't have to perform. If your stuff sucks, it's like, okay, well, you're the assistant. Right. So, no big deal. You know, I wasn't counting on you anyway. Like, you know, so I don't know. I always, I mean, that said, I'm, I'm an incredible assistant. You should <laughs> come give me a call. I'd love to be part of your set. Anyway, all that to say, like, I don't know. I think that there's, if you can, if you can humble yourself and, and do it, I think it's a, it's a really great learning experience. I think exactly to your point, no matter how long you've been in this, there's always another way 
there's always a place that you might be able to improve or you might be able to just see, just to see. It's a general fact-finding trip, like a mission to just understand. Um, Totally. And, you know, and in the process, you'll help another creative out, right? You'll help them achieve a goal or, um, you know, knock out something that they're they're trying to, you know, create. And that's never a bad thing. Oh, totally. I think it was, um, I can't remember, I think it was Dennis Reggie. It might have been somebody else. We're talking like old school wedding photographer here. Um, but I remember finding out that he, his second shooters would actually do all of the main stuff. So his second shooters and his assists would actually do all of like the, the lineups of portraits and the, you know, all the standard shots that you have to get. And he would run around shooting all the fun shit, all the, the shit that normally a second photographer would do. He was like, yeah, yeah, no, like lining people up and taking pictures. Uh, that's easy. Like anybody can do that. And, and I'm very good at that, but I want to get all this cool stuff. And so while they're doing that, I can run around and get all the detail shots and the, I can't remember if it was Dennis or not, but like, it was somebody like that. Very well-known wedding photographer. I remember being like, oh yeah, that's what a great business model. (laughs) Like you, that is actually very smart. Cause that's like the part, like, I feel like if you're, I don't don't know how many wedding photographers listen to our our podcast, but I can't imagine it. Like when I was a wedding photographer, full-time guy, like I did not like family portraits. No way. Like those are the most important because like, because people use them for, for gifts and they, they are like really great memories of people. Like, especially if you have like, you know, older elderly folks that you, you know, they might not be with you forever, that kind of stuff. Like they're very, very important. They're vital, but like sometimes they're not very fun. And it's just like, it's, it's, you're just lining, you're tear put, you're lining folks up and just making sure it's lit well and everyone's eyes are open. Right. Um, so yeah, that's a very, uh, that's a good point. I'd love to get a, a wedding person, a wedding photographer on, on, on the podcast to talk through process like that. We should, but we should find one. There might be, there might be one around. <laughs> I'm sure we could find one. If you're a wedding photographer, <laughs> slide into our DMs. We, uh, we'd love to have you oh, on. Oh God. <laughs> retired retired bar mitzvah photographer and retired second wedding shooter guy yeah <laughs> want to talk to you yeah i want the old school i want the old film guys uh-huh yeah that's that's the one <laughs> everything shot on portra <laughs> lots of rolls of 120 too good too good i'm glad i never had to do that by the way i think i would have had a heart attack if i had to shoot actual film on a regular basis i'm sure you get used to it but i just couldn't actually it was funny i just bid a job where part we were pitching different ideas for headshots and they wanted something different and part of what we came up with was oh man we should shoot like really shallow depth of field on a four by five and of course this is my like f8 yeah right this is like my stupid idea too and then like i hung up the phone and i was like fuck man you you if they go for this you better not mess this up like this is film and not only is it film it's four by five film it's like this is a giant you know this is like a process to take a picture and you got to take multiple Uh pictures of these executives and the more i started going through in my head i I had totally phased myself out of it within five minutes i was like this is a horrible idea and of course the second they called and said we're not going to go with that idea i was totally bummed out because i thought how much fun would that have been (laughs) oh that that, it's always the ambitious ones that are like like the like the creatively ambitious shots that like you get excited for, but then you get terrified. Yeah. It's like it's a very strange feeling to feel that much optimism along with that much pessimism all in one <laughs> like all in one moment. Like that's a lot of emotion packed into a thing. It is. <laughs> like you question your worth as a as an artist, and you like then you get like you get real gutsy. Like yeah, I could do that. I could definitely do yeah. that. Yeah, that's what I love about but, it. Oh my gosh, what if I can't? What if I can't? <laughs> 
<laughs> Amazing. So yeah, so uh, you know, to to kind of wrap it up with the whole assist thing, I think um, it's funny because there are there are things in the photo industry that the photo industry thinks makes them a better photographer, and I find that one of those things is assistance. I find the more I talk to people, they're like, "I oh, gotta have a good assistant. You gotta have a good assistant." And ninety percent of the time, they don't even need an assistant for what they're doing. But the times that you do, and if you can learn how to work with them, and you can you know, not be a dick, obviously. And, uh, you know, it's, it's worth its weight in gold for sure. Agreed. Yeah. I think as doers, we always have this invincible mentality that we can do everything all at once. Right. And the, the reality behind it is that you can't, I mean, it's just, it's like, you know, you can do all of the things, but not at the same time. Right. And, and, you know, sometimes it does require, um, requires you to be in two places at once. And, and because that's not a real thing yet, like, you know, you need people that are on your team that can help you, help you execute your creative thoughts, you know, in, in the way that you envisioned. And I think that's the thing that goes both ways, right? You like, there's a, there's a respect that, that we should have for people that come on board to help us make those visions real. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other hand of it, there's a respect that you have as a helper to make sure that you do your best your best work to help them realize their vision because they would do the same for you, yeah. you know? Um, so I, I think it is a given, a given get it's a, it's a push and pull. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's, there should be like a conflict resolution one Oh one for creatives. <laughs> I feel like there's like a, there should be a thing like, here's how you work with somebody in a creatively tense situation. Right. Um, I don't think, but it's never, it's never your set or my set. It's literally at that point, if you're on a crew, it's our set. We're all working towards the same thing. Right. And if everybody's cool with each other, it should be a great day. Should be a great day. Should be. Because at the end of the day, if if you had played it, if you played it safe, you would have had like a desk job. Exactly. Not knocking on desk jobs. Those are great too. Um, That's going to do it for us here at the Office Hours Podcast. Um, The Office Hours Podcast is mastered at the Tannery Studio in Stereo Sound by my friend David Patino. Um, And I think uh, we'll uh, see you guys in the next one. Later. Peace. Peace.